0: Welcome to the Masters of Comic Books podcast, where we're two fanboys with all the power. I'm your player one, Cole L. And I'm your player two, Day Spray.
1: Cole, we have company in the treehouse tonight.
0: I know, we just found him. We were like, hey, just come on in, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We, of course, have one of our favorite fellow podcasters. They are so incredible. Every time I listen to their podcast, I'm just blown away. Their most recent episode, they did a top five recommendation for what you should be reading out of the weekly titles. Please, with great pleasure, do we welcome Anas from Geekable. Hi. Oh, my God. That was such a warm welcome. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> blushing right now. Oh, you're Thank welcome. You so I just much- to- I just made it up right now because I've been drinking a lot. (laughs) You're very good on the fly. I can tell. (laughs) It's all
0: very true. It's all very true. I love your podcast. I've been wanting to do a a collaboration with you guys. for. I know. Like
2: Nick told me, we talked about doing this crossover episode since like August. And unfortunately it never worked out. Nick would have loved to be here, but unfortunately he's in Africa on vacation right now. So you get me. So you'll have to like,
1: you know, live with that. <laughs> no, we th- first of all, you are enough. <laughs> you are a handful <laughs> for just one episode. But actually, this is a two-parter. This is a This crossover. is a two-parter. Yes.
0: It's a little crossover.
1: crossover. A literal
2: crossover and we're actually doing crossovers.
1: We are
0: talking yes, we about are.
1: crossovers. This is absolutely true. So, Anas, we want to make sure that some of the listeners at masters of comic books get to know you a little better so let's just do like a really quick like round of questions and then we'll dive into our top three worst cross i am
2: so down i'm so ready
1: so Anos, I'm a bit why, scared. Why, why would you be scared? You have nothing to be scared. Because you
0: do, you, are, you have a tendency to ask hard-hitting questions. Let's be honest. It <laughs> really does. I, I I he's asked me a few where I'm just like, is this am I doing the right decisions of being in a podcast with this man? Whose side are you on? Now?
1: We have company, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I can't. With him.
0: It's like uh we like went into another like another room while you went to like get some like entrees for us and we're just like talking crap about you.
1: Okay, wait. First of all, rude. I would never bring entrees if you bring alcohol. I don't make people eat. I don't let people eat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so Anas, let me ask you a question. All right. Think about this in a grand level. Think about crossovers in general. Why are we as readers never just satisfied with self-contained stories? Why do we always need a crossover?
2: Okay. <laughs> Damn, that is an over Personally, I am I am very much satisfied with self-contained stories. But if it just so happens and there there, hap- there happens to be a crossover that ties into some of my favorite books together and it's good, I am over the moon because I love seeing some of my favorite characters interact. But I have no issue at all with like self-contained stories, those small titles. I think one of my favorite books that I've talked about this before, which is a bit of a controversial opinion, is The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Hey,
0: that's a great one, man.
2: That book managed to get an entire run crossover free until War of the Realms. And they had like three crossover issues, which were okay-ish. But I would have been completely fine if it got all the way to 50 without a single crossover. And it would have been my, it's still one of my favorite books.
0: I love that. That's a great, that is a great title too. I wish, I want to see more uh, Squirrel Girl too. We haven't, I haven't seen her in a really long time.
2: Yeah, she, since the book ended, we haven't really seen her around.
0: And Ryan has Yeah, when did it end? Was that Around 2019? 2019, I think. Okay.
2: Yeah. It ran for like a very long time, which is amazing because the sales weren't that good in like issue by issue, but it was doing really well in like trade paperback formats. So.
0: Mm. Is that why they just kept on going then? They
2: just kept on going and hit like 50 issues in a time where like most books were getting canceled at like 15 or 20.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a unbeatable feat right that- there. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, and there's also that canceled Hulu or or it wasn't um,
2: Disney Plus. Was it going to be a- Family or New ABC Form or free form? Freeform. freeform. Freeform, yeah.
0: There was going to be a Freeform score girl? Yeah.
2: And there was wow. going to be a, a New Warriors that was going to have um melana who's gonna play squirrel girl and there were even recently some like leaked pictures oh, cool. from the creators of the show that were like this is the costume here's a quick reel of like what's going to what was going to happen and the show was like dead in the water so fast that it never got picked up unfortunately but i would have loved to see a live action squirrel girl that would have been really really fun
0: i think it um, would have been a real big hit too
2: It was supposed to be like more comedic, more like, you know, 30 minute superhero comedy series, Mm -hmm. kind of like powerless. If you guys watched that DC show. Yeah. So it was going to be something in that realm. And I would have I would have loved to see it. It was going to be a fresh, you know, a breath of fresh air compared to all the other Marvel properties that were coming out at the time. Because it was like the age of the Netflix Marvel era.
0: Okay, so, yeah, you had like Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones. So this, yeah, yeah, that would have been a totally like different tonal shift with a lot of the shows that they were. Releasing besides um Agents of Shield at the time.
1: Yeah. Okay. But powerless. I was on a flight from Monterey in California back to New York, and it was just on my flight. I watched like the first like five episodes of that or whatever. It gets cut off. I was upset and I don't like Vanessa hudgenson Is that yeah, I, I'm I'm Vanessa not- Hudgens. Hudgens? Hudgens Hudgens. I don't listen. I, the girl from high school school musical, musical. that's it. I (laughs) aged out of that. I'm sorry. I mean, Miley Cyrus was the last great young celebrity I was obsessed with. Um, But like, I, I, I would have liked to have seen Marvel do something like that, but I understand like now why everything's shifting towards Disney plus. Cause I think Kevin Feige said this on the red carpet for black widow. There is no Marvel movies. There's no Marvel TV shows. It's all one big universe and we're just elucidating different pockets in different venues. So Yeah.
0: I mean, cause, uh, what was the show called? Oh, cloak and dagger. That was on free form. Is that on? And like, uh, that was Run, on,
2: no, that was on Hulu. Oh, wait, I can't no, even remember.
0: Uh, Cloak and Dagger was on Freeform, and then they had a Runaway, what, Runaways, with on Runaways Hulu, was yes. on Hulu. But aren't those all on Disney Plus now too? Sure.
2: Yeah, but they're not really considered under the Marvel Cinematic Universe banners because they're- Oh, are so they like
0: the, like the, the vault Feige or something? Yeah, like so. Elseworlds, yeah. basically. Yeah. Marvel's Elseworlds.
1: Well, I think because there was a lot of strife between Jeff Loeb and Kevin Feige, supposedly but I we'll forgot see where it goes.
0: yeah, yeah I forgot yeah. oh, I was just going to say I forgot Jeff Loeb had a huge say in those shows I totally forgot yeah. about that
1: Jeff Loeb I interviewed him when I was at Wizard he was probably one of the nicest people I have ever had the pleasure of sitting down speaking with so I'm like why are why is Kevin Feige and him fighting like I don't know. I've know i heard Kevin Feige plays to win. And so perhaps he just didn't agree with some decisions. And, you know, Jeff is an old school, you know, comic writer that probably is, has different priorities. But anyways, I digress. I digress. Our next question. Anas, what do you think are some elements that go into a good crossover?
2: I think it needs to be necessary. I think a lot of crossover crossover events that we've had recently were just really pushed down on our throats with like, they had no reason to be there. They had no reason to exist. Uh, you know, I could name a few that in like recent memory. Do you guys remember Monsters Unleashed? Of course. That was such a, like, so completely unnecessary. That was not needed at all. Same, I feel the same way about Secret Empire. I felt like that event com- could have completely not happened at all, and I would have been fine with it. Oh.
0: War oh. of the Realms,
2: for example, in my opinion, made sense because it had been leading up for a very long time, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. since uh Jason Aaron's run on Thor. And then, like, it really built up something over the course of, like, half a decade before we, ha- we had that event. And even though a lot of the crossover, uh, like, you know, not the elements, the tie-in issues or the miniseries that were launched off that main title weren't that good, but still the main event itself was necessary. I felt like it really was a natural conclusion to Jason Aaron's saga with Thor. And I think that's something that's that's really important. The event needs to make sense and it needs to be pivotal and not just something that gets swept under the rug like, and ignored like it never happened. It needs to have impact. It needs to have you know, big implications towards the larger Marvel, Marvel universe. And I feel like it needs to have a staying power. I think one of my favorite, like, so, okay, we're going to talk about this on Geekable later, but let's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too much into it, but Secret Invasion does that. You know, yeah, the yeah. effects of Secret Invasion were felt throughout the Marvel universe for years later. Same with House of M. So.
0: I mean, House of M is still feeling the, Uh, Aftermath now. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And it's funny because when I was thinking of our list for our top three worst crossovers, I had to divorce myself from Day Spring, the reader, and versus Mm -hmm. looking at what constitutes a good and a poor crossover. And House of M, at the time when it was being published, when we were all reading it in real time, it wasn't well received. But I remember. But It has since been well-received and obviously all the hype. So now House of M, all of a sudden you go and you Google best crossovers, House of M is on there, when before it was not. So I think longevity, you know, kind of like what you were saying, Anas, longevity. And also I like what you said, that there has to be a reason for it. And I'll I'll throw in another one there. And Cole, I'm, I'm interested in what also you think constitutes a good crossover. But I think a sense of urgency you know mm-hmm. like why does everyone have to gather together to take on this exactly thought? lot you know like and and there's some crossovers that i'm gonna say for when we are ungeekable plug for the next episode <laughs> why i i think some crossovers may be poor received but there was something really good behind it
0: well and also what also makes a good crossover is um almost like a satisfying conclusion to sure. something that doesn't seem something that what's the right word like it's not predictable but you, if it is predictable it's not a, a safe way just to end it like how you said like there's a reason behind this whether it'll affect the marvel universe in the future you know
1: yeah i agree no i i absolutely 100 percent agree i think long lasting effects longevity it has to be able you have to look back on it another crossover wait let me look at my list to see if i have it on
0: here. well and to build off of that too I like and something with a good message too, if that's within the uh writing,
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think a good moral, yeah, or like a good, I, th- I, I think it has to have like some kind of point that it's trying to make. That's uh, yeah, exactly. that's like that's like kind of like what I
0: was going with. Not some sort coming, of message, but yeah. a point, like, yeah, like a Second
1: point. Coming for me. It's not on either of my list, neither worse or bad, so I'll talk about it. Second yeah, coming spoilers. for me, I see spoilers. <laughs> I see a message there, which is the X-Men are literally fighting for survival in the past, present, and future. And, the, and you have that one shot where you really understand what the X-Men are doing and why, what, what is the message here. And the X-Men are trying to survive. So yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I was just, just being facetious before. When I was like, <laughs> ah, good message, what? What is that? <laughs> Let me take another sip of my glass of wine. But, um. Okay. <laughs> okay, so my last question. For you, Anas. And by the way, like I've been trying to purposely give you salty, like Oprah style questions, and you have just been like hitting home run after home run.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> he's try. only two for two, though. <laughs> well, I think he's gonna
1: have a really good answer for this one. I just, I okay. just feel it. But I love that you're being salty now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, someone has to be, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know because now I'm like fanboying out that Anas is on our episode. <laughs> I love them so much. Okay, so. How do you think the idea of a crossover has been influenced by movies, specifically those blockbuster and game movies? Hmm. Yeah, you got me there. Hey,
0: I told you. (laughs) Cole was right. Cole was right. I mean, (laughs) I think it's the other way around. If anything, I would say
2: comic books really influenced the movies to be, to want to build a crossover and to have all those characters come together. You know, crossovers have been a thing since Secret Wars, which was like the very first big Marvel crossover. And it's been a staple in comic book media for a very long time. And I think whenever... uh, like they were building the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they had all these heroes have their separate movies first to build up to something. They wanted them all to come together to have that crossover to build up the same kind of momentum and impact that the comics would have when those when they would do their own crossovers. So I don't I don't think the Marvel Cinematic Universe impacted the comic book crossovers. I think it's really the other way around.
1: Okay. I no, I agree with that.
0: I'm actually gonna argue that and say. It might not do that anymore, but I I will say there are some instances where an event was made just because of a movie of a movie being released.
1: Civil like War Age of Ultron. You could just yeah. say Civil War Two.
0: Yeah, Civil War Two, <laughs> and
1: Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Even though we got Angela out of it, still.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and Age of Ultron.
1: Yeah, I think here's the thing. When I think about like the crossovers and, and the relationship with comic books. I just, I'm going to, God, I'm going to blame the media, Um, which I think (laughs) technically we fall under a media category. But I think (laughs) blame us, (laughs) blame us. But I think like when Jonathan Hickman released, you know, Croco and X-Men, they're like, this is how the X-Men will come into the Marvel universe. And Mm -hmm. these are the crossovers we can expect. And it's like, no, it's just a comic book right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so I, I wonder if people are now looking at comic books as sort of what the movies are going to do, something that informs the movies. So, you know, for example, we have Onslaught Revelations, which published today. We have Death of Doctor Strange. We have The Trial of Magneto. Are people somehow expecting these stories to come into fruition? And by the way, I mean, I have complicated feels of Trial of Magneto, but I'm wondering if 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, oh my God, they killed Wanda on Krakoa. This is Trial of Magneto. And I, I'm just <laughs> curious if editorial and Anas I know we've spoken about this I wonder if editorial is writing with that idea that one day these stories will be adapted into into the medium but I don't know yeah. I mean I don't I think it's I think it's really hard to it's, it's here's really the hard thing
2: story. when the first when the Marvel Cinematic Universe first started they were adapting stories that were very very old And, like, Mm -hmm. so that the the things with current comics weren't really taken into consideration. People didn't assume that every new comic book that was coming out was going to impact the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, they adapted a lot of elements from Jonathan Hickman's Infinity, for example, into Infinity War. Yeah. And that was released in 2013. So Mm -hmm. we're talking like a five year difference. So it could be said that something that's happening in the comic
0: books now could be seen in the MCU five years later. So, or even. Or just, like, recent stuff. I mean, I could see maybe not taking a certain, like, the exact depiction of it, but still drawing in a lot of influence from it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we're getting, we're having the, the
2: gap between the Marvel comics and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is getting smaller and smaller, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out in the future, because we talked about this when we did the Age of Krakoa episode, our previous crossover. For anyone listening, please do check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about how I'm scared that the age of Krakoa is going to be over by the time that they're going to introduce X-Men into the MCU because they want people to be able to go pick up a comic book and understand what's going on without getting too lost in the shuffle of like, what is this? Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see how, how it plays out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I'm curious. I don't know how I feel, you know, just yet about things, you know, comic books obviously in the nineties were, you know, booming that we had that nineties boom. And now it's all about the movies. And if these movies, if these properties don't make a billion pre pre pre-pandemia, doesn't make, (laughs) you know, a billion dollars. You're like, Oh, well, we have to think about that. I'm curious how that impacts Marvel because at, at the end of the day, you know, putting on my, my my business at and not being the crazy stand that I am. I mean, Marvel is an IP business and it is yeah. in their best interest. And Jordan D. White said this to me, it was at their best interest at one point to have Wanda and Pietro as mutants. Then afterwards, it was not in their best interest. So when you start looking at the business aspect of things, like I'm curious, you know, it's hard not to be angry. It's more of a fascination. Like how are things playing out? What is impacting what? It's sort of where I'm at. Now, I don't think I have a preference on either. To
2: build off of that, I think it's very interesting. Um, this is going to be like a minor spoiler for Shang-Chi. Uh, it's basically all in the trailers. But for anybody who's reading the current Shang-Chi comics, I was very like certain that the implementation of the Five Weapons Society was going to be a part of the movie because we did hear rumors that his sister is going to be in the movie. And then when they went completely in the opposite direction and they introduced the Mandarin and they said that they didn't even mention the the Five Weapons Society. And then they introduced the Ten Rings, which were not really part of Shang-Chi's power set in the first place. So it's interesting that they're taking like a very different approach to the character than they did in the comic books. And we're also going to be seeing that soon with Ms. Marvel, who's unfortunately getting her powers altered for the series, apparently. So I guess they're not not afraid of taking risks anymore and doing their own thing. Miss Marvel's
0: well, an inhuman, and in- and in humans aren't a thing anymore. <laughs> yes, I was just about to say
2: that. Yes, I was like,
1: mm, but it's an inhuman situation, so. Mm.
2: Yeah, but I mean, the power. I'm talking about the power set,
1: the stretchiness.
2: Oh, oh, yes, yeah, yes, you're
1: absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not they're- doing
2: that in the show. Apparently, they're doing like a purple cause, like purple energy field or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I love her stretchiness. I love her catchphrase in big in. In big and begin. In
0: yeah.
2: I'm gonna miss seeing that in the show and they have they don't seem to be gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna like change that in the comic book apparently like she's still gonna have her set of powers
0: i mean it's on the cover of the next issue i think so <laughs> is it with her like stretching or whatever yeah i think so
2: oh okay yeah i'm talking about like the purple construct
0: oh yeah Sorry. so well, they're okay
1: with having that rift now i guess mm. uh, and like i mean star lord and ego for example you know yeah. that's that's something they didn't um they didn't update for the uh-huh. comic so yeah i'm right there with you hang on one second my dog is barking i'm
0: sorry oh is it cole daniel hour
1: so why don't we dive into our top three worst crossovers and then on geekable we are going to do top three best crossovers all right, going it'll we- be a blast it's going to be a blast. So we'll we'll be the salty ones. We will we will talk <laughs> about the three worst crossovers. And I believe the way we discussed it, we're going to start from our number three and work our way to our number one. So the three worst, ter- like, yeah, number one would the be worst? the worst. Yeah, like the worst. Uh, the other three are just are just you know the warm ups for our worst. But <laughs> Anas, since you are company, why don't you kick us off? What is your number three? Worst so crossover.
2: we mentioned this briefly, but my third worst crossover event in Marvel comics, in my opinion, is Civil War Two. Uh, yeah, yeah, see, you're already you're already sighing. Here's the yeah. thing. Well, there's nothing, <laughs> I feel there's very. How can we disagree? <laughs> exactly. The, you know what I, as a fan of Captain Marvel as a character, was very conflicted when this whole event was happening because it does pose a very interesting moral dilemma about kind of like, should people be arrested for crimes that they haven't committed yet and all of that stuff. And it's it's a very interesting conundrum, but the way that it was executed, the way that the whole thing, the crossovers, the tie-in issues, it was just plain bad. It ruined so many characters for me. I think the worst tie-in issues for that event were like the Ms. Marvel ones, where she was like so disappointed with Captain Marvel's approach to the whole thing. And she decided to like detach herself from her idol. And that kind of like really affected their relationship. And I hated to see that. And a lot of characters did act out of character in that book. I mean, the Inhumans made no sense. Medusa's whole approach to the Ulysses thing made no sense. And then Captain Marvel being so adamant on this thing. I don't know. It's just not one of my favorites at all. I think it's a really bad event. When we did talk about longevity, this book did have a long, like a very big impact, especially with characters like She-Hulk. Because she's still basically, as of this point, still suffering the impacts of Civil War II and not being able to control her form and not being able to be, you know, the usual, her usual self. So it does have longevity. It did have a big impact. It lasted, you know, the, the death of Tony Stark that happened in that book did stay a lot like around for a while. And it did give us some interesting stories with Iron Man 2020. But for me, it was just a very, very bad event, a very bad crossover, bad tie-ins. And it could have been so good Because the concept is there But I just, I hated it
1: Well, I feel like this moral dilemma Was tackled as a society During Minority Report Starring Tom Cruise And (laughs) I feel like we as a society agree, like, yeah, the future will unfold in a specific way. Especially if you're a resident of the Marvel Universe, you know the future is not set in stone. So, like, the fact that you see Miles Morales killing Captain America, oh, maybe... It's a shapeshifter. Maybe it's a doppelganger. Maybe this is an alternate future. Maybe someone's fucking with everyone here. And like those questions were never really adequately posed. If if they were, I missed them. It just didn't have a significant ripples in the stories. And And you would think someone like Carol Danvers, who is a badass, who's not only a physical powerhouse, but also a mental powerhouse, would do. She will check off everything on her list. You know what I mean? Like I have no doubt that Carol, thinks before she acts and when she acts she is a powerhouse
2: and like even i think around like issue four of the event it was revealed that ulysses predictions are not 100 accurate and that the future is not set in stone and she still would a budge Yeah, like she still was very adamant on continuing this task force of hers and yes one can argue that she was like very traumatized and grieving the loss of roadie and jennifer walters because she's her best friend but still that doesn't you know, that doesn't justify the way that her actions were playing out in that event. And I just think it was very out of character for her. And she's had a very long, a hard time redeeming herself after that book, in my opinion, especially in the eyes of a lot of readers.
0: Well, yeah, she's gotten a lot of crap from that movie, sadly. And I feel like she was only in that event because she was going to be having a movie in the next few years, too. And so, I mean, putting her in that book ruined her. And I feel like and no offense to Margaret Stoll, who was continuing to write the series. I mean, I feel like Kelly Thompson has been really pushing forward into making her a fantastic character and writing her correctly True. by showing how she does have these flaws, but will do her best and will do anything to protect her friends and family. But will look at every a possibility and won't just rely on a future or someone that can see the future, the, a potential no. future, you know?
1: Um, but the art by David Marquez. Marquez, it is that's the only good
0: thing in that book. The art is Gorgeous. the redeeming factor here. Yeah. Gorgeous. That's it. You could almost say that about almost in every Bendis book, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was about to say Bendis has written so much, I don't mind ragging on like one of his like <laughs> things. But like, yeah, I, I didn't mind Bendis during, during this era. Civil War II just didn't speak to me. True. Same, same here. Book. Yeah. All right. Well, Colel. What's your number three worst crossover?
0: My number three worst crossover would have to be Avengers and X Men Axis. Ooh, oh, that
1: is good. Oh, yeah.
0: I hate Axis, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, so it's split into like three acts. So, Act One is just a long ass fight <laughs> between the heroes and Onslaught. And it literally drags on way too long. It is just like, it's just nonstop fighting and no offense to the art too, because there are some really good artists on this book. I think leno Francis, U was on this book. Um, the Dotsons. The Dotsons were on this book, but it, I mean, I love the Dotsons work like from everything they do, but like just that the art could even save it for me within this book. And like, and it's, I mean, it could be a fun concept when you have, the heroes being bad guys and the bad guys being heroes—that could be uh, like just do whatever the hell you want, concept and stuff. And sometimes you can just have like stupid, goofy fun with this. But this one just seemed pointless. And what sucks is that this was almost kind of a buildup from what Remender was doing from Uncanny X Force to this, and yeah. this is the finale to it.
1: It was so heartbreaking because when they introduced Red Onslaught at the end or during—I was that at the end of the first arc of Un- Uncanny. Avengers? It was. I, I think remember. it was at the.
0: Well, I don't know, but like at the like the. But it was Yeah, at the it last issue. Yeah. And at the last, it, well, yeah, because the entire Uncanny Avengers run was like them going against. Uh, was it Kang or something? Because wasn't like Wasp and Havoc have a kid together or something?
1: I yeah, they have like they go into like an alternate future. I think they do something called like Planet X, and then they yeah, have a kid and and all that stuff.
0: But then like Kang takes the baby and stuff, and yeah, now they're then trying like. To-
1: then then like the information of like when and how to conceive their child you know is given to them mm-hmm. but it, i don't know you know you know my stance on wasp so it's hard i for know me. i know it's hard for me to be sympathetic even though i think that's horrible but <laughs> the biggest sin access did was it retconned the yeah. twins being yeah. magneto's children yeah, yeah i have
0: that right here on my notes that was gonna be the next thing i <laughs> sorry go out. for
1: it sorry crazy wanda stand here
0: yeah no, i know but i totally agree and if- didn't it was kind of pointless you know like i know i mentioned how like things happen and have to live with it and stuff but like i hated how this happened
1: yeah i mean because it was just so ridiculous and it came out of nowhere
0: yeah and it happened during a stupid event Uh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) what i really hate about axis is that i'm you know we've talked about this before i'm a huge fan of peter david's x factor yeah and around the time that Access was coming out, they did the all new X Factor, which I was, you know, I was looking forward to. But then the entire book ended up being kind of like a a buildup to Access and then a tie-in, and then it ended during Access. And it just the whole book made no sense to exist in the first place at all. And I hated that. And I, you know, as a huge X Factor fan, I I I hate to think that, you know, it was it ended early just so they could have this all new X Factor to tie in with Access. I hope that's not the case, but yeah, that was a very unfortunate tie-in issues, I would say.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love how none of us are disagreeing with the other's choices. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say, because I just want to be a contrarian, the only thing I will say is that there used to be, God, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. There used to be a Subway, Subway sandwich shop by my apartment. And so I would go order a uh, chicken teriyaki footlong and I was in grad school at the time and I would just eat this, teriyaki chicken sandwich as i was reading access and i thought it was a very lovely memory so <laughs> that's it that's it that's i thought the,
2: that was also... gonna tie
0: into the book somehow no
1: that's it that's it i just i i enjoyed the act of reading it but like the okay. actual stuff i was like i can't do that
0: <laughs> oh man all right paul number three
1: all right so number three is age of x-man uh, Ooh, really,
0: the one right before Hawksbox, box right
1: yeah so it was running simultaneously with um uh, uh uncanny uncanny. Uh, uncanny x-men disassembled here's the thing listen i completely understand the ideological approach to this book where if you're going to solve mutant oppression they're sourcing it from real life theory, which in this case was the dialect of sex by Firestone, in which you solve oppression by eliminating objectification. You know, children are raised more as a community, not so much by the individual. And I thought that was on a cerebral level. I thought it was a very smart story. But damn, was it boring. And (laughs) they did not do my boy, Nate Gray, justice you know i'm a crazy nate stan he's like literally right there dead center he's also <laughs> the profile icon for our yeah. best friend like that's so much i love nate so for me to be like this is the worst crossover ever i just i think it was smart i think it was pretty transparent when i was talking to matthew rosenberg that this was just biding time because the hickman um era wasn't ready yet they had to push it back so I thought there was this also like Jean had just come back to life and they had a new X-Men cover with Jean holding an image of her and Scott during new X-Men. And it just really didn't deliver into anything really significant. So it just felt like the X-Men were like twiddling their thumbs in this alternate reality with not, I think there was a good moral message behind it. Speaking of messaging cool out, but I don't feel like the actual crossover was worth the time. It could have been a really lovely one
0: shot and that's it. To be honest, I didn't read Age of X Men, so um, all I'm getting, all the information I'm getting is from you. I mean, no, I, I did read um, uh, Prisoner X. Was that by Vita Ayala? Yes. I really liked that. Uh, I love that issue. Too much, really. I really enjoyed that, but I didn't read anything else involved with Age of X Men, so I don't really have any say with it.
2: So I read the whole event, and I actually have to disagree because I thought, well, yes, it's not the, it's not one of my favorites. I think it's like mid-tier. I enjoyed it. I, I, I really enjoyed Prisoner X, as Cole said, and I loved Next Gen just because I love that, the younger generation of mutants. Mm-hmm. And Apocalypse and the Extracts had amazing art, amazing colors. I think the art for that book was beautiful. And yes, as an overall event, it wasn't that impactful or really that good. And there was the whole controversy of, gosh, I don't remember which issue, but at some, at some point they destroyed places of worship and one of those places was a Hindu, a Hinduist uh, temple, and then some. The, some character says like, "Oh, I just dis- destroyed all your false places of worship," and there was like a whole thing about that because it was very offensive to a lot of people, which I understand. Uh, yeah, but overall, I think it's it's not
1: what I would say one of the worst. I think there's way worse books out there. I, so it, it started off as Kelly Thompson's like brainchild. And then mm-hmm. it morphed into something that um, I don't remember. She didn't write any of the books, any of the titles for no. it right? because she did she walk away from it.
0: Well, cause she helped out with, well, like she's one of the credited writers on disassembled, isn't she?
1: Yeah. So she Rosenberg and, and Brisson started off uh, disassembled and it was only supposed to be those first 10 issues. And then Hickman, got pushed back so they had to come up with something new to bide their time and so we got age of x-men which was her brainchild from what i'm understanding mm-hmm. from my interview with rosenberg but then it morphed into something and she didn't want to 100 like put her name on it if she can't own it so she moved on and i i think it's fine i i just think it was just transparent what it was and that's why i would classify it as like a poor crossover and also like nate like I just like, I don't like what they did to my boy. Like (laughs) Nate Gray, we're going to do a Nate Gray story. You got to do him right. And he's like this hippie, you know, Jesus figure, which is fine. Like I don't, I don't mind that shaman approach to, to Nate, but I just don't think there was much direction. And I think at the time we were confused. Why is Danny in uncanny and in age of X-Men, obviously that gets resolved and then, and we get the answer for it, but also like the ending felt a little vague and purposely open and, I don't know, but yeah, that would be my my number
2: three. Didn't um, Rosenberg also apologize for the murder of Wolfsbane in that book?
1: Yeah, yeah. We t- I, I talked about that with him, and he and yeah. he was he was very apologetic, and he understood what 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 the implications of his writing were, and he explained it. So I can't wait for that part to air. Okay. <laughs> Our number two worst crossover a nas.
2: So this one I thought quite a lot about, okay. but I knew that the answer I would say would please you, Day Spring, because I know you'd mm-hmm. agree with me one hundred percent. But my second worst crossover event is Inhumans versus X Men.
1: That's, that's my number two as well.
2: It is my number
1: two as well. <laughs> All right. we
0: can share this. Pod. Yeah, that's yeah do a collaboration on that one. Yeah, <laughs> sit and watch because we'll I just bounce off I each other. Yeah, I have I haven't read that either, and so um. That's you're not missing out on much. Well, yeah, you're not I think missing out That's, it that's kind of a reason. I think it's I like haven't.
1: on a bargain bin. Like I'll, I'll send it to you for like ninety nine cents. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right. I will why,
2: start why. off by saying the good things about this book is that I really there are none.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that <what> was that. <laughs> I really enjoyed the mini series that you know preceded that book, which is Death of X. I thought that was a very interesting title. Yes, it you know. And ended up killing Cyclops. I'm not I'm, I'm I feel bad for spoiling it, even though it's been like half a decade since this book came out. But yeah. Spoilers are okay. Spoilers yeah. are okay. Don't worry. No <laughs> so one's even it. though it killed Cyclops, <laughs> no right? Did... <laughs> I think it did give us a really interesting, you know, story where it was like the inhumans needed to survive, especially with everything that happened in Infinity and their loss of Terragen. And so that cloud was the only way to spawn new inhumans. But at that point, nobody knew that it was killing mutants. And that was an interesting shift in paradigm. And I thought it was a very interesting conundrum as well. But yeah, it was a really, really bad event. The whole uh, the whole buildup for it was, was like lackluster. The event itself was messy. It had no sense. They, oh gosh, they, do you guys remember Mosaic? Does anyone yeah. remember that character? Yeah. I love that character. I loved his mini series that he got before, you know, he was introduced as a whole new hero and a human character. And it was going to be like, I I was hoping he would have a bigger role. And his only part in that book was just like taking over Magneto's mind for like three panels and then getting kicked out so fast and then never to be seen again. He hasn't popped up at all since then. And it's just, yeah, that book, not, not a lot of good can be said about it.
1: Well, okay. So piggybacking off of what you were saying about the good of it. I thought the opening scene with Emma jumping off the cliff and timing herself, um, for how quickly she can shift into diamond form. I was like, you know what? Fair. You know, that's, that's, I I can see where that's helpful for her. So she Cole in, in, at the beginning of IVX, she just threw herself off of a cliff over and over again, timing herself, how quickly she can turn into diamond form. I thought that was fine. That was the only good thing I will ever say about IVX. And I think, here, here's why I don't like it, and I am going to put on my crazy X-stand hat. One, an extinction story with the mutants had already been done, and it was yeah. resolved. Really, I, I have feels on the extinction story from Messiah Complex all the way to AVX, but for lack of for 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 time, I'm going to say it was resolved. It was packaged up nicely. We as readers wanted to move on from the X-Men going extinct. Now all of a sudden, the Terrigen Cloud is like terrorizing mutants all around the world. And the Inhumans are just like, we need more Inhumans. And the X-Men are just going to be, you know, victims. Oh, and then what is Hank McCoy's brilliant solution? Let's leave the planet. Fuck <laughs> you, Hank McCoy. You've never met another side you don't want to go on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like literally always betraying your own goddamn people. And and I just don't, I just don't understand the characterization for that. I, I, and I don't believe that the Inhumans would just be so like, about it. Yeah. And then, exactly. secondly, I just think it was transparent what was being done, because at the time, the Inhumans were a rising property within mm-hmm. the MCU. I don't I you can correct me if I'm wrong, Nas, but I don't know if the Inhumans show had aired yet, but there was so much hype with Inhumans because eventually it, it originally was supposed to be a movie. The movie it was yeah. supposed to be the MCU's answer to mutants because this was pre Fox Disney merger. And it was just so transparent what editorial was doing and pitting us against them. And in, not even in a very fun, unique way. So True. that's why as an ex-fan, even as I was reading, I was like, they just want my money. Like, that's all they want. They just want my money here. And
2: they got it. And yeah. the time no, we're still talking that about it. Was, yeah, we're still talking about it years later. The times for that book were so weird. We had that Deadpool miniseries that were tying signing into and in the Mercs for money. That yeah. made no sense for it. Uh, you know, I will come out and say this, which, you know, I feel like I'm going to get scrutinized for saying that, but I love the Inhumans, you know, there's a lot of really good Inhuman stories out there and a lot of Inhuman characters that I really enjoy. As a fan of the Inhumans, I thought it was very disheartening seeing what they did to a lot of characters in that book because they really did make them come out to be complete assholes. And one of those characters is Iso, who would end up leading the Inhuman race after the royals go off to space. And I just I really hated how they treated them. I hated that they had, you know, because some people were just affiliated with the Inhumans, they had to side with the Inhuman side of the war, which is like Kamala, for example. She had to stand by her people. And that was unfair for them to do, because I feel like Kamala Khan would has a stronger moral compass than just to just like blindly side with whoever she's affiliated with by birth, birth, right? So that's something I also really don't like about that event. And I'm you yeah, know, it was as Day Spring said, very transparent what they were doing. And one good thing that came out of it is, like after IVX, we got Resurrection, like like the whole X Men resurgence in the Marvel universe, which I, I really enjoyed that era.
1: Well, and then they were also trying to during that era, like doing Uncanny in humans, all that stuff. Yeah. It just it just felt really bad. It was a bad time to be an X fan, and 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 that's my own personal feelings. When I'm approaching Inhumans versus X-Men, I also don't particularly think it was well executed. And again, for everything we said,
0: but but I I understand where you're coming from, from being an X-Men fan for so long that they're pushing to not have X-Men kind of be a thing anymore. Like the Inhumans would be the next X-Men. I mean, I mean, Fantastic Four didn't have a title for three years because of the Fox and Marvel deal. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but like, we didn't see anybody come in to the you know to uh, they didn't usher anybody else in their place.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean they just it had a very logical explanation to why the Fantastic Four were not around, and then we got some beautiful stories with like Human Torch and the Thing later on when they were still back on Earth.
0: Yeah, uh, Zdarsky's run of Marvel Two and One is so great. Exactly. Man. Oh, I love. Um, I love that series. Yeah. So we still got
2: some, some Fantastic Four content without having a mainline Fantastic Four book.
0: And that's kind of like how you need to, that's how you kind of do it, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. But it, it was almost like having the Inhumans be the next X-Men as an easy cop-out. True,
1: I agree. Mm. All right, Colel. what's your number two?
0: Well, I feel bad because we already talked about it, but number two is Civil War two. No,
1: no, no, no <laughs> I, I, hate,
0: I hate Civil War two. Like, it's to the point I barely even finished it at all because like I read, I, w- I read, I was. I read Miles and I read uh, Miss Marvel. So I read all those tie-ins, and I decided just to go ahead and read the event too. And God, I hated it. You know how much I love Captain Marvel, and for that to give her such a bad name and almost ruin her character like completely, in because of that book, she received so much uh, crap from it. It's Girl. and it's still taking forever for her to finally get a good footing again i mean i mean i could almost say like civil war ii is one of the reasons why brie larson probably gets shit you know and yeah yeah well and then there's unearned deaths i think like Mm -hmm. uh hawkeye kills banner
1: oh yeah i forgot about that
0: but it wasn't honorable it kind of happened and i mean the only good thing out of that is that al ewing gave us immortal hulk but um but war machine dies Mm-hmm. Just to give Carol like an emotional story, but that didn't feel earned either. And like, and I know how you said like She Hulk is still like feeling the ramifications from Civil War, but she hasn't had anything really good lately either.
2: I think the last good thing She Hulk had was Mariko Tamaki's series that she did for her when she was gray She Hulk. Okay. That was a really I've, interesting book. I haven't
0: read that book. Yeah, so, I, th- I
2: love that book actually. But yeah, her and the Avengers right now, I'm not enjoying her. I miss. My old She-Hulk, which is like, you know, just smart, badass, strong, capable woman, more than the just like the brute of the Avengers team. So I'm hoping we get to see her back again to her old self now with the Disney Plus show coming out. We'll oh, see and it. the
0: series. She's getting a new series coming out. Oh, that's yeah. right. She is. I'm that's looking right. forward to that. And, and by Rainbow Rowell. Yeah. Canceled yeah. Runaways for that. <laughs> uh, but no
1: I, and also to to talk more about civil war too i also remember like the promo posters where they had teen gene on there and it had like protect the future and like her gene looking very nervous and like the phoenix force behind her and i was like ooh, are they gonna okay here i just googled it protect <laughs> the future change the future and gene looking very nervous in the phoenix force behind her and i was like ooh, are they are the x-men gonna play a significant role here no they didn't yet nope. again in civil war and like by the way the original civil war i'm fine with the x-men being absent i thought at the time it made sense so mm-hmm. i'm not even being a crazy x stand i'm just like why are you doing that from a marketing like a false right advertisement then? like false know? advertising like gene just literally comes in at the beginning and that's it and i think like, tony stark addresses her as like baby gene
0: <laughs> oh man well and then i mean characters don't act the way they usually act and like you could say that i mean i you could say that about this Every event like year. yeah but and like you said before there was too many tie-ins and the tie the too many tie-ins actually led to I was doing actually some research on this too like it led to like even like scheduling conflicts and two where books weren't being finished on time and so that I not like I read that at the time but I can see how that kind of ruined it too and another thing is and I hate to say continuity but continuity man with Bendis is rough like, for example, in the book, Doctor Strange was using magic, even though in Jason's errand run that was going at the exact same time, uh, magic That's was ceasing magic? to exist. Yeah. And then, well, and then another thing that bugs me is the ending. It's such a deus ex machina, so much with like eternity coming in, like saying, you're basically a god now.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But eternity was chained up in ultimates. I. And ultimates. And ultimates was had tie-ins to that book. True. That event. Colele, uh, that is a mic drop.
1: That is a mic
0: drop. Here I got a pen.
1: Pen drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are are you good Whoa. with that? Uh,
0: I, I'm well spent.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right, humans. Our number one worst crossover. Colal you- of the future, put in a drum roll, please. <laughs> you got it. The number one is... Nas. tell us. For me, it
2: is Spider-Geddon.
0: Oh. Ooh, nice one. Nice one. That does so- I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am a huge fan of the original Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a very good event that made sense in the whole continuity and the character development and introduced us to a lot of really interesting faces. And I thought Spider-Gadden was just a cash grab. It was plain as Easily. that. Yeah. Easily. It, it did not need to exist at all. It, you know, it ruined a lot of characters for me. The whole rehashing of, I don't know, It just, there's nothing good about it. I really hated that book. And I read the whole thing. Even though I, I convinced myself that it was going to matter. It was going to have an impact. And it ended up being completely useless it's already been forgotten about by most of the characters. It's never been mentioned again, ever. Because and it's it just <laughs> it really, really, it really sucks. There's nothing good I could say about it. So that is my absolute worst event that Marvel ever did.
0: It's at least in recent memory. It just not at all good. What's, and when that's did what that come out again? 2018, I think. Oh mm-hmm. that's and that's what sucks. It was totally a cash grab. Like, hey, Spider-Verse is great. Let's do another one. There was no point to it.
2: Yeah, at all. At all. Thought, and it ruined a really good Spider Gwen mini oh, that was going on at that time because they had oh, to yeah. like, oh, yeah, they needed to tie stuff. it into that event, and so it ended up getting you know it ended after that book, and then she had to come back to like the six one six, and she was going back and forth, which was a weird era.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we got Ghost no Spider. Anyway, nothing good came out of that book.
1: Period. Sorry I, I thought who. the the covers were nice. I thought the covers were nice, and some of the promo art. Like I, I'm, I'm. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh my god. Oh my god! Very silver lining of you. <laughs> I know. You're welcome. It's well, not me. It's a cabernet speaking. <laughs> you no, know, I agree sucked, with you. But it had nice art. I just, remember not some- even art in the
0: book, just the cover. <laughs> Do you know that's one of the common denominators
1: we've said on this? We've all agreed, like, oh, this was a horrible crossover, but the art was great.
0: Hey, you gotta give you gotta give points to the artist. I mean. Yeah. I mean there's some really great artists that are put on some terrible books. <clears> lettering Spider Geddon was
1: good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the lettering, but yes, I, I think <laughs> letterists are oh my god. <laughs> I was about to go on and like I have my wine in my hand. I'm like, yes, letterists, like we need to acknowledge them more. Thank you, Onoz. <laughs> you're like, I, I don't credit
2: to letterers, but I you know, I just wanted to say something good about that book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: <You're> My wine. <laughs> I don't know why I put my arms up when I joke It's a thing. My i used to tell me to do that.
0: I, I thought that like was I choking on barefoot. food.
1: Oh, really? No, no, I don't eat food. Um, uh, no, but my uh-huh. abuela, when I was on Cayocho and I was like barefoot walking, like five years old, and I would choke on something, she'd like, Put your hands up. I'm like, I think I need like the Heimlich or something like that.
0: <laughs> I think I'm dying. <laughs> Help me, you, please. And she's like,
1: No, put your arms up. Don't do this. Put your arms up. Anyways. Um, all right, Colel. Your number one worst crossover. And I'm dying to hear this one.
0: Secret Empire.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 100%. I, I
0: I will admit, though, like, it had good potential in the beginning. I mean, I thought it started strong, but damn, did it end extremely, extremely weak. And it gave us a predictable ending uh, when they constantly said, Cosmic Cube's not going to fix this. No cosmic cube shenanigans. But of course, literally uh Kobik, who's like a sentient being of like the cosmic cube, literally boots up an old save file of Steve and brings <laughs> him in. And, and then it undoes the deaths of Rick Jones and Black Widow in the book. And I what really makes me mad about it is that almost ruins Sam Wilson of being Captain America, which I thought was a huge, like big thing for Marvel. And but this event to take place and Sam Wilson just say Steve you're the only true Cap I feel yeah, like that just yeah. totally like ruined it and I love Steve like Captain America is one of my all time favorite heroes like I can really it's funny how like I used to not even want to read any of his comics when I finally did I'm like man I can I love this character but it just ruined uh, it just uh, it bugs me
1: yeah I, I I was not unhappy when we got that last page and i'm forgetting what issue was it was it was was the
0: first issue and he said hail hydra hail hydra in which i'm not mad about either like i love how you knew that before i even like explain my thoughts that's how close (laughs) we've become like you knew it i did (laughs) but stuff like that doesn't bother me because i'm willing to see things out and not gonna bitch and moan because of a single page or a single panel and stuff and but we
1: got so many great like memes from it like it did its job
0: Oh, it, well, and then we got that amazing uh, moment in the in Endgame where he said, Hail Hydra in the elevator.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah that uh, was amazing. That's but my favorite was that someone redrew that last page with Batman and Batman saying, I killed my parents.
0: <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And
1: then, like, and then Spider-Man, I killed my Uncle Ben. You know what I mean? Like, it was so funny. But anyways, I'm sorry. Or like,
0: there's a Deadpool one where it says, I hate Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: I, I love the memes surrounding it. But anyways, continue. I'm sorry to cut you off.
0: And like, I didn't mind that either, but it almost felt like it was being made just because it could raise money. It could gain them revenue because we have a Hail Hydra, Captain America. And what sucks, and the art isn't bad, but what sucks the most about it is because you have Daniel Acuna, fantastic artist. You have, I think Steve McNiven did the first issue and the last issue. And then Andrea Sorrentino, Daniel Kuna and Andrea, I think we're doing like uh, most of the book and their art is great, but they clashed too much, I think. And it just didn't work with me. Like it felt uneven in source. There was a and disconnect, it, yeah. Yeah, totally. It just didn't connect in the book. And I don't mind if multiple artists are on a book, but if it gets to the point where it takes me out of the immersion within the story, then it, it ruins it ultimately, I think.
1: But to throw on my hate for Secret Empire... I I absolutely hated what was going on with the X-Men. I still don't get what was going on with the X-Men. I I, I honestly am confused by that. And it's never been referenced again that Emma well, Frost like had started her own like mutant empire. And like I'm I'm forgetting even like Zorn <laughs> was like on the throne, but it was really Emma controlling things. I don't get it. I'm confused. It was what Secret Empire United, something like that.
0: Yeah, well, and there's a weird thing with Magneto, like almost like on some covers, going with the Hydra stuff, which should not go,
2: <laughs> yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, I will say understand. I
2: really enjoyed the build up to Secret Empire by like. See,
0: so did I. I really yeah. enjoyed it too.
2: I read like uh, Captain America Sam Wilson and Captain America Steve Rogers, and I loved those two books simultaneously. They were going on at the same time, and I enjoyed them very much. Mm-hmm. And seeing how Steve was like encouraging. Um, Sam to keep the mantle of Captain America and to see that hatred of him in the in society it was very interesting to see him play that secret role but then when everything came out to the open and it was like Hail Hydra taking over the world that's when it was like oh like I thought I thought it was going to be a very interesting it could have been an interesting way to do it I thought it was if it was more like from the shadows and we still had Captain America be that figure mm-hmm. instead of just outright being oh i'm evil now i'm i'm hydra now look at me mm.
0: yeah see that's that's what i did like about it i like the build up it was interesting is it interesting to see this version of captain america kind of be the guy behind the curtain basically yeah yeah it was an interesting take and then to ultimate and it was too long in my opinion it really was
1: it was like it, what 11 issues
0: it was so it was issues 0 through 9 and then there was an omega issue okay 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 so, so yeah 11 oh so yeah 11 <laughs> yeah well, i was like a, i was saying what the issues were but yeah I was. no no I, i'm I just happy to. i remembered yeah <laughs> impressive <laughs> i
1: know you're welcome you're welcome
0: all right so day spring.
1: number one so my number one is ultimatum and it's another Marvel crossover. I feel like we did not look at DC or any other comic book.
0: I haven't um, read a lot of DC crossovers. Yeah, I,
1: I have. And they. I think it's because I'm a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I did like the Ultimate Universe. And I thought Ultimatum was such a spit in the face. And listen, listen, the blob. Literally grabs Wasp and like bites her head off. So, like, oh, wait, does he? Wait, no, no. Yeah. He does. He does. does. There you go.
0: But don't forget, then Giant Man comes in and bites Blob's head off.
1: Yeah. 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 There you go. Because I was thinking of the initial attack where she's in the hospital and everything. So, but yeah. So, like, for me to say where Wasp is like (laughs) murdered to be like, this is my least like favorite crossover ever is a big thing. I just think it was very like I don't know I don't mind an end of the world disaster where Magneto is making his final attack against humanity because Wanda was murdered I love that shit and one and 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 Wasp is one of the victims sign me up like this crossover was made for me and like honestly the description just needs to say Wasp dies yeah Wasp dies I'm like (laughs) I'm there here's my take shut up and take my I am
2: not here for all this Wasp slander
1: Ew, what's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> okay, I like when, Janet,
1: I love her. Why? I, what? Because she likes margaritas. Oh my god! <laughs> she has great fashion taste. <gasps> I was <laughs> eject, eject, mute, mute. Hey, I'm the host of this Zoom meeting. Oh, who are you gonna pick? <laughs> but come on, House of M, how she dressed Storm? No, 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 no. There was a crime. Thank God, Aurora is a goddess. <laughs> we'll do we'll do uh in defense of Janet Van Dyke. Yes. Episode. We have to. That's the um, next one's over. But uh,
0: but Day Spring won't be there. But I won't be there. Sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy. Um,
1: no, I I'm to- I love playing devil's advocate. Um, but I just think it was a very I don't want to say grotesque because I don't I don't mind grotesque humor, I don't mind grotesque, you know, renderings, in this case with comic books renderings. But I just think it was just very greedy in how I wanted to call it the heroes. It was supposed to be the ending chapter for in the Ultimatum, or excuse me, the Ultimate Universe, but it really didn't. And then we have a cliffhanger ending that really went nowhere. So, you know, I just, I don't even get the ending where Magneto is like on his knees with Cyclops. And like, he's like, you killed Charles, your only friend. He's like, do you think Charles will forgive me? Like all of a sudden he's like really upset about it. And then Cyclops like, Incinerates his head with his optic blast But like he has a combustible blast So how is that possible? Like I don't know So that's sort of why I hate Ultimatum I
2: have not read it So I am just going to have to agree with you On everything except Wasp
1: <laughs> Fair, <laughs> fair
0: I've never read it either But I know the um, the grotesque moments from it And it's keeping me from reading it So,
1: I mean listen, again Wanda is killed early, you know, early on in the ultimate, you know, history of before this crossover. Magneto wants to avenge his daughter's death. Wasp dies. The X-Men have to rise to the occasion. Like, what is there not to love as a fan? But I just don't think it was well done. So and it had Day After Tomorrow feels where the Jake Gyllenhaal movie where like New York gets flooded, all this stuff. The movie sucks. Yeah, uh, well, really, I don't remember if it sucked. I no, mean, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal was on the cover of GQ that summer, and he was wearing a red penguin polo, and I thought he looked immaculate in it. So I'm always gonna have a soft spot for it.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy you remember that exact. It's, it, I I love how you remember that exact description. Because that movie's like 10 years old.
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, listen, we haven't gone into, because we've all been in quarantine and because of a pandemic, but I love fashion and GQ is my Bible. And I love Jake Gyllenhaal on that cover. It's probably my favorite GQ cover ever. Um, But yeah, I just don't, Ultimatum just didn't resonate. I think it didn't resonate with a lot of people. No one's ever mentioned it again. So, bah, Felicia.
0: Yeah, it's, it's usually, it's, I mean, if you ever look up like, Worst events that's ever taken place. Ultimatum is usually on that list. And so, yeah. I mean, it's just a forgotten child.
1: Forgotten okay. child. All right. Well, that concludes our top three worst crossover events. Anas, where can the fine folks at home find Geekable and yourself?
2: Um, well, we're available on Instagram at geekable underscore and that's also where you can listen to the second part of this crossover where we'll be a more positive note and we'll be yes. talking about our favorite crossovers. <laughs> also, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's just NS underscore Abdulhak, which is my name. And uh, please, if you do check out our show, Geekable, give us a listen and check out our episode that we did with Power of X-Men that was all about the Krakoan age that we did for the celebration of the two-year anniversary of Krakoa. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to do part two of this with like the positive ones. And I'll
0: I'll see you guys on Geekable. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you would like to rate and review us, please do so. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can listen to us. Um, Go and follow us on Instagram at masters of comic books and dms for like recommendations or we'd love to hear your feedback and you can also email us at at masters of comic books at gmail.com and if you want to follow me as well i am on instagram at Cole daniel 99 so thank you so much for listening i have been cole l
1: i am player two
0: Spring, and i am a fan of the wasp <laughs> <laughs>
1: said no one
0: Damn. all right goodbye guys